We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How to survive the critical month of November in your Dynasty Fantasy Football League. It's the Dynasty Command Center on Rotoviz Radio. What's up? It's the Dynasty Command Center here on Rotoviz Radio. I'm Curtis Patrick, the Dynasty Commander, joined here by Dave Cabin. And we're going to talk about, I mean, this is the critical month in Dynasty Fantasy Football. November, it's move month, man. All season long, I've been providing trade ideas, roster evaluation ideas, um, strategies for evaluating your opportunities to actually win or whether you should rebuild, how to determine if you're a contender, a pretender. Um, you know, we've been getting into all kinds of interesting topics in the Dynasty Command Center series on rotaviz.com. And we've been, you know, accompanying that with some podcasts on this side to get into it a little bit more long form. This week, Dave, I compared surviving the Dynasty Fantasy football season to the Hunger Games. You ever watch those movies or read those books back in the day? I, I have seen the movies. I have not read the books, but uh, I am I am familiar. Yeah, man. Um, we, my wife and I uh, enjoy the Hunger Games. I, I think the, the first movie came out maybe when like she was pregnant with our first kid. Yep. And, um, you know, for those of you that, that have kids, you know, you know, in the early days, you know, eh, some of the dating changes, you start watching some movies and I mean, we bonded over uh, some of that stuff. And we really enjoy the Hunger Games series. We've watched uh, we've watched it a couple times. And now that my son is like 12 years old, we're going to go. Uh, we have gone through that with him. And I don't know if you saw, there's there's another movie coming out this month. I did not know um, that. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, so there's a, a prequel. So spoiler alert, I think it's like 10 years ago. So I don't really feel bad about it. Um, but it's going to be a prequel where President Snow who is kind of, uh, I mean, not kind of, he is the villain um, in the main part of the series. It goes back to his childhood and, and you're kind of watching an origin story uh, for him. But, the, you know, the Hunger Games, for those of you who haven't watched it, you know, it's a situation where you're in this dystopian future and you have uh, a situation where each district, which would kind of be like a state in the United States, um, is putting up um, competitors, um, in a fight to the death scenario. And, you know, 
certain skill sets will help you survive, but there's also environmental factors. So yeah, you're trying to kill the other contestants, but there are also um, natural disasters or uh, strategic um, uh, strategic hurdles placed in the way of the contestants. You know, maybe some uh, poisonous gas will be released into the uh, to the battle arena or some sort of like deadly dog that can hunt you down and has night vision. There's all kinds of like different stuff that happens and you're just trying to survive. I mean, there's only be one person standing at the end of this brutal event. And that's kind of how fantasy football works, especially dynasty. I mean, it, there's moves and counter moves in dynasty and you're playing games within the games, just like the contestants and the Hunger Games are, you know, you're trying to, to survive, but you're also trying to take out your competitors. And you're also not just worried about that next kill. You're worried about what kind of alliances might I need to last till the end of this thing. You know, in Dynasty, you're trying to have some alliances with people who might be able to trade with you throughout the season to get you to where you want to be uh, strategically. And so I kind of went into this quite a bit. It's a really fun take on the article uh, on the site this week. And I, I really compared and contrasted a lot of different things about the Hunger Games series to Dynasty Fantasy Football. So if you're a movie geek or you liked that series, you might enjoy it. We're not going to spend too much time on the podcast just since that is kind of highly topical. But uh, I did get a thumbs up note from Blair Andrews, our managing editor. <laughs> I think he quite, he quite enjoyed nice. uh, that little, little creative creativity there. But what, what I did, Dave, in this article after I made all of these comparisons between the movie franchise and dynasty is there's a segue where, you know, we got to talk about surviving the next month. We're not going to end the season on the podium, or even if it's not the podium, we're not going to end the season achieving our goals if we can't survive the next month. And so if you're a team that's in playoff position, trying to get to the top, or you're just on the outside looking in and you're still trying to compete, I used our strength of schedule streaming app to identify situations over the next four weeks of the season that I think are going to be pretty material to the teams in your league that are going to be moving up and down. So some of these players and teams might be on your fantasy roster. Some of them might be on your opponent's fantasy rosters. But I think these are notable enough to mention because maybe your team has been underperforming and you're going to get a boost from some of these players moving forward. Or you know maybe these are the types of players that you would want to go target and add to your team knowing that you know maybe they don't have a buy over the next four weeks. That stuff matters when you're trying to scratch and claw your way to the top. Or maybe they just have you know a total aces uh, schedule over the next month. So, Dave, I think we can run down quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, some of the situations that I wanted to highlight. Yep. I just want to get your take as a dynasty manager yourself you know, is, is the data data that would compel you to go move for one of these players? Or if you do manage one of these players, you're going to handle your start sits a little bit different. And the, the practical application here for our listeners and for our subscribers is this is the time of year where that SOS streaming app can become super valuable, um, super valuable as you're maybe making moves of players for other players in the same tier that, you know, maybe just have better schedules you know, getting rid of players who had awesome early season schedules and a tougher sledding moving ahead. Maybe you're get have a situation where you can sell them a little bit high for a player um, that you shouldn't be able to get, but you can because they had a tough run of it over the first two months of the season. So all kinds of layers to this discussion, but 
let's take a swerve into the quarterback position and cut that up. All right, we're talking about surviving the next month at the quarterback position in Dynasty. And so, Dave, I'm using the Strength of Schedule streaming app from murderviz.com, and I'm using the custom range function. You can drag the sliders, highlight the weeks, and you get this awesome matrix that shows up. I've got weeks 9 through 12 highlighted because that is the next month of the season. And actually, the the highest scoring team uh, in terms of, you know, favorable opposing defense grade is the Detroit Lions. But the Detroit Lions are on by in week nine. Um, and Jared Goff has been, you know, really susceptible to home road split situations, et cetera. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and really stump that Jared Goff is going to make or break your dynasty season over the next month. The number two team is Green Bay. You know, maybe Jordan Love gets a little bit easier road over the next month, but he he's hardly impressed year to date. Um, I think, you know, anyone would be happy to get more production out of their Packers receiver targets, but I don't think anybody's rushing out to start Jordan Love unless he shows us maybe for multiple weeks um, that he can get it done. Where I see an interesting situation is the third easiest schedule over the next month and actually the easiest schedule over the rest of the entire NFL season is Baltimore. Mm. Lamar Jackson, Dave, could be the league winner here over the last half of the season and particularly in November and what I'm going to call move month here moving forward. Lamar Jackson, you know, he might really steady out the high-end production that we've seen a little bit spotty. He's been boomer bust so far this year. He's got three games over 30 fantasy points and he's got three games under 15. You know, the poor showings of under 15 points, they might have actually cost you a matchup. So I think his managers are a little frustrated here but it looks really bright moving forward just from a schedule perspective, but then also from a historical perspective, Dave, I get into the game splits app. I look at the second half of the season over the last five years, Lamar averages three more fantasy points per game over the final eight weeks of the season for the last five years running 26.78 PPR. That's his average game. 26.7. Wow. Uh, that's, that's a 23 game sample over five seasons. So, you know, you know, that's pretty solid. Uh, averages over two passing touchdowns per game. Um, almost a half a rushing touchdown per game. And he averages 14 more rushing yards per game um, in the second half of the season over the past five years. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, Lamar. You know, is this a player that, you know, are you moving Joe Burrow plus? Are you moving Trevor Lawrence? Are you willing to sell Justin Jefferson, like what, what, like, what does this look like for you in terms of Lamar Jackson and what, you know, you, you are a passing game matchup Raider guy too. So yes. maybe riff a little bit on what this might mean for his receivers. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that I would say here is that, um, if you are looking for the type of players to identify Lamar certainly is one of those that stands out in the jumping off point of using the, uh, SOS streaming app is definitely one of the places where you can easily identify the guys that it makes sense to go after. So there's a couple of things that I think are important to realize when we're talking about Lamar this season. The first being he actually is number one in rush yards among passers right now. He's number in seven in expected points per game among passers. And also 
completing a very high percentage. He's number three in terms of completion percentage as well. We've seen him trending up. If you go back and you look at um, his 2021 and his 2022, you will see that in those seasons, he did have in each of them two games where he went between 11 to 15 points. And in both of those seasons, he went three games under 15 points. Given the trend that we're seeing from him now, some of the big games he's had, I think it's likely that we see things kind of normalize this year and he doesn't finish with that many poor performances continuing. As a result of that, I think that when you hear a name like Justin Jefferson, that's one of those where you could realistically make this type of trade. If you think this is going to get you over to the top to win your league, then I would go ahead and do it. You know, you asked about Joe Burrow Plus. I think that can make sense. Obviously, we have to have some discussion over who that plus might be in that conversation. But I definitely buy into the idea that Lamar Jackson could be a very big difference-making quarterback. Now, you know, maybe you feel that Burrow continues to trend up too, and that's, you know, perfectly okay. But especially if we're talking about somebody like Lawrence, I think it makes a ton of sense to go and do it. You're seeing the production there with his legs. You're seeing it with his arm. I think this team is trending forward. It is going to remain competitive. You know, they're one of the better teams in the AFC right now. A lot of reasons to like Lamar. Yeah, I think some scenarios where it might, you know, it's always hard to trade position for position, but I, I think the Jefferson and Jackson situation makes a lot of sense, uh, it, particularly if the standings um, work out there. You know, if if the the Jackson, if Jackson's stuck on a team that's really not going anywhere this year, that want actually wants to lose over the back half of the season, the trade can make a lot of sense, and then they go in and get a you know a high end you know quarterback in the draft next year. But the quarterback for quarterback flips, you know maybe those make sense for teams that kind of want to hedge and they want to remain competitive, but they'd also like to get some additional draft capital. You're not gonna like I don't think anybody's just gonna say like. Yeah, I'll trade Jackson for Burrow. Like, even if they're similarly valued, I mean, what does that really do for your team? And then what if you're wrong? You know, you feel like you haven't gotten anything. If you want to go get Lamar, you're going to have to make it worth the other manager's wild. In this case, I think, you know, if you added a second round pick to Burrow, it might, it, it might at least get somebody thinking, hey, if I think this is a lateral move and I like Joey B, I'll take the extra second round pick. If it's Trevor Lawrence, you might need to do something more like, you know, Lawrence in a one for, you know, Jackson in a two or Jackson in a three, those types of things. You're going to have to give some pickup grades. You're going to have to probably add a little bit more given that, you know, Lawrence's age is, you know, really uh, intriguing, but the fantasy production hasn't quite been where expectations were. I, I just want to reiterate that Jackson has the best fantasy schedule of any quarterback for the rest of the season. So for those teams that are looking for that extra kind of juice to get them over the top, situationally Jackson really might be that player. So and, whatever um, that means to you, you know, you go out and, and apply this. Just to add here too, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and Mark Andrews all match up very well in the contest this weekend. If you're thinking about making this move, you definitely want to go and try to get it done in advance of the weekend so you can get Lamar into your lineup this yeah. weekend. All right, let's talk about the running back position. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a big name, and I'm also gonna give you a team situation um, that we're gonna need to keep an eye on because you know 
I can say Brees Hall and people are going to be like, well, I'm not going to be able to trade for Brees Hall. But if you, if you're managing Brees Hall, you should know what his outlook looks like over the, the next month. But then there's another team where I think some of these pieces are highly gettable and maybe even claimable. Um, so we want to go over that. So again, I'm using the strength of schedule streaming app. I've got the slider set to weeks nine through 12. I'm looking at the running back position. No team, Dave, has it easier than the Cleveland Browns from weeks nine through 12. And we know the Browns have had, you know, an effective rushing attack for for years uh, running now. Um, even without Nick Chubb, they're having uh, relative success this year. And that's why the team's still managing to win some games, despite, you know, some of their problems at, at other positions. I, I used the Monday review tool to take a look at Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, and Pierre Strong just over the past couple of weeks, because if, if the Browns have a great matchup the next month, okay, that's fine. But this has been a little bit of a tricky backfield in terms of the way that they're splitting up the attempts. And so over the past two games, we see relatively flat usage from Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, and Pierre Strong. All three of them are between 45 and 60 snaps. All three of them have over 30% snap share. All three of them have between 18 and 24 rushing attempts. And all three of them have between 66 and 111 rushing yards. So, I mean, this is a, a pretty difficult situation until you see that Kareem Hunt has three of the four rushing touchdowns amongst this bunch. And, you know, we talked about actually in our start sit show earlier this week that the Browns have this nice rosy matchup with the Cardinals who have allowed uh, a pair of three touchdown games within the past month and a half to opposing running backs. I, I think the obvious answer here in terms of, you know, maybe finding a low end RB2 of the group, albeit a little bit touchdown dependent, is that we can feel pretty good about Kareem Hunt still getting those high value touches um, inside the five that are going to lead to some of these touchdowns, particularly if Deshaun Watson comes back and they're moving the ball a little bit better than they have with PJ Walker. However, you know, if Hunt were to go down or a hot hand emerges, you know, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong would both have, you know, potentially a lot of room to run with their, you know, their their upside here from a fantasy perspective. Jerome Ford is by easily the most efficient of the bunch so far this year, and that's continued over the past two games. He's averaging nearly five and a half yards per carry across 20 rushing attempts the past two games. And then Pierre Strong, he's got a little bit more of that size and, and speed at this point than Kareem Hunt, and he may have been kicked to the curb. So I think the actionable piece here is, you know, Kareem Hunt doesn't have a lot of value to anybody who's not competing this year. So you can go out see who is managing Kareem Hunt in your league. He might be the type of player that can be had for a third and a younger piece. Maybe you can trade a player like Alexander Madison, who has a poor outlook at this point, or Cam Akers, who has a, a worsening outlook for an older player like Hunt. Uh, maybe the younger running back in a, in a bad uh, situation would appeal versus the aging veteran here that's probably not going to have much value past this week. Um, and then with Ford, you know, he's a really intriguing add-in player to other types of deals and, and strong might be on waivers now, you know, now that we've, we see hunt and Ford, um, back and healthy strong might be available in waivers, particularly in leagues like road of the triflex leagues and FFPC where you've got shorter benches. So Dave, what do you think about the Browns, uh, offense there? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think that it's a great offense to have running backs in. You know, we've seen that time and time again when you start to pour in to some of the tools and you look through the numbers, it's definitely supported and you can see why. Now, I had really liked Jerome Ford coming out of school, had been waiting for him to get his opportunity. Glad to see it happen. Now, if you look at Ford long term, it's hard to know exactly what that's going to look like. Is this year going to be a flash in the pan? You know, who knows what his career looks like going forward. But the one thing that I will tell you is if you go into the advanced stats explorer and you kind of control for team here and you line up Ford right now with Hunt and Pierre Strong, there's a lot going on here that signals that Ford is a good back and is, you know, able to create some of these explosive plays like we would have liked to have seen from him. Right now in yards before contact, he has 2.2 versus Hunt 1.4 and Pierre Strong's 1.5. In terms of yards after contact, he's at 2.2 versus Hunt's 2. Pierre Strong actually a little bit better in 3.2 yards after contact per carry. But what we do see is a pretty good evasion percentage for Jerome Ford around 16%. Broken tackle percentage around 12.6. One thing that we have seen over the years is that looking at things like evasion percentage does allow you to glean some insight into the level of talent that our running back will have. I think, you know, that should be fairly apparent, but it is one of the things that you can control for to some extent more than some of the other metrics that we would look at. Now across the league in terms of evasion percentage, having one in that 16% range does put him into uh, the top 25 running backs, Curtis. And then if you kind of focus in just on missed tackle percentage, you know, he's, or excuse me, broken tackle percentage, he's been in like the top 12. And I'm actually including quarterbacks in there. So if you stratify just for running backs, there's a lot to like about Jerome Ford. This is a long-winded way of saying I think that Ford looks like one of these really good throw-in players because not only is he in a good situation now, but I do think he has enough talent that even if he's not the main guy on another roster, he looks to me like always one of those guys that when they do get a crack at it should be able to produce. You never know if that gets him into another one of these seasons where he can be the guy if even just for half of the season. I like the talent there for him. So, you know, to me, I really love the suggestion of getting him as a throw-in player. Yeah, I mean, Ford does kind of seem like the type of player that could just hang around forever, like Raheem Mostert or something yep. like that. Um, kind of cut from the same cloth there a, a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, those are great. That's a great use of the advanced stats to support my argument, Dave. So I appreciate the assist there. Yep. Um, with Brees Hall, all I really want to say is he's already been heating up. 
Only four other active backs have matched or beat his 20 PPR per game since week four. Uh, Hall had the 10th easiest schedule from week four through week eight. But now for the next four weeks, he's got the second easiest schedule. So we could be looking at Brees Hall, you know, being uh, really having like a, you know, an impactful November, you know, top three running back in fantasy type uh, of month here that solidifies him as a dynasty diamond and also makes him one of those players that, you know, uh, uh, tilts the, the dynasty season slate. So I, I don't think that his managers are looking to move him. It's really this is just a note um, that I think he'll continue to, you know, reinforce his dynasty value. I do want to talk a little bit about wide receiver here, Dave, Yep. Um, before we wrap up. And these are some maybe less obvious scenarios uh, and team situations than people would be thinking about because they're not really like glamorous passing offenses, but I think they're going to be interesting offenses for some sneaky production um, in the upcoming month. Starting with Seattle. Seattle has the second easiest wide receiver fantasy schedule over the next month. We talked about on other shows this week, some of the dynamics and and changes that have occurred in the pecking order between DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Najigba with Najigba actually slotting in as the wide receiver two for the squad over the last two weeks in terms of uh, production with DK sliding to, to wide receiver three over that same period. It's flattening out a little bit. The, the, the team usage of the positions changing a little bit. Uh, JSN has increased his snap share by 15% over the past couple of weeks and is out there a lot more often um, in 11 personnel with the way that the team is doing things now. So I think you could continue to see JSN emerge a little bit and for the production to flatten out. Um, that's going to be encouraging for his dynasty value because the season did not get off to a great right. start. The other thing that that's going to do for Dynasty is start to erode some value from DK Metcalf. I'm not sure Lockett, you know, is at a point where he would ever accrue value again, but you might be able to get DK on a little bit of a discount right now relative to where he was earlier in the season. And I do think he could have a bounce back year next year with Lockett potentially out of town or the team having a different, you know, quarterback situation or offensive play calling situation uh, and the, and the offense kind of going through a metamorphosis um, in a, in a post locket world. So we're going to watch the dynasty value of JSN and also the production of JSN over the next month. And if, you know, kind of a sneaky backdoor way to play this is if all three of these guys are on the field, we, with these favorable matchups, you know, maybe we see Geno Smith look a little bit more like that low end QB one uh, that he looked like in 2022 versus the, you know, kind of pedestrian QB two that he's been thus far this season. Yeah. And this kind of feels like an inflection point on a player like JSN, you know, coming out looked like a prospect that we thought could be one of the elite wide receivers that hasn't really come to fruition yet, but I don't think that there's been enough evidence to support the fact that, you know, that is out of his range of outcomes at this point. So you start looking forward. We're already seeing, as you said, that metamorphosis. And if you're willing to hold on to your opinion that you still think he's that good, you know, this is the time to go out and get him. We talked a couple times, maybe last year about going after a player like Traylon Burks and, you know, some of the reasons for him, a player like JSN, you know, all of those arguments are, are on steroids, especially here, because it's hard to look forward into the Seahawks offense and not see him as either the first or second option there. Now, DK yeah. Metcalf is going to be 
in Seattle. His contract is through 2025. So there is that to consider. But at the very least, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine that uh, things don't start to get concentrated more into JSN. Uh, and then one of the other wide receivers there, there also isn't really a tight end of note. Um, I'm still holding firmly to the fact that JSN is a very good player. So, you know, if you're going to want him on your team, now is the time to go and get him. You know, and alternatively, on the flip side of that, it's interesting that you have this kind of contrast with him and Metcalf because Metcalf also could be kind of, uh, you know, devalued right now as well. Or if you can find somebody that's still valuing him like he's DK Metcalf, maybe with some of the hype from two years ago, you can kind of play it that way as well. So a lot of options, very interesting offense. Dallas is another team uh, with a great schedule over the next four weeks. They get Philly this weekend. Philly's been an awesome matchup for opposing wide receivers. They get Washington in week 12, another great uh, matchup. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb has really emerged. Uh, in my article, I used the term fantasy hammer over the last two games. I mean, really, really flying high. He's had a, about 33% target share uh, in week six and eight. Of course, the team had a, a buy in week seven. I mean, if he consider if he continues this type of usage um, over the next month, you know, he's going to find himself right there and as a middling wide receiver one uh, year to date, and 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 really help your team be on the move after Dallas passing attack got off to a little bit of slow start um, early in the season. A sneaky way to play this offense, I think we're going to get a big correction game sometime in the month of November. If you're fighting bye weeks, you could do a lot worse than starting Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup this month to cover your buy. The reason I bring this up is, you know, over the past two weeks, you know, Lamb had over 200 air yards, um, but Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup also did. You know, Lamb's the only one that like converted any of those yards. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we're seeing the team really kind of target all three of these guys down the field and Dak Prescott's looking a little bit more comfortable and the offense is figuring itself out, I think like Cooks or Gallup, one of these guys is going to have that game where they go for 100 yards and a touchdown. It's going to happen. The big play is going to get broken. And so look at those guys. I know we're not starting them in Dynasty or Redraft by rule right now, but you could do a lot worse covering your buys than using Dallas Cowboys. So I actually was able to, in a uh, football, or excuse me, an FF, uh, a Fantasy Pros Championship League, get Brandon Cooks off of the waiver wire for a pretty reasonable price this week. Uh, kind of seeing some of the same signal there that you were talking about. You know, you got to think about it too from the perspective of, you know, CD went absolutely nuts, but that's still production that the Cowboys have. And that's not going to be able to continue week to week. But what could continue is that overall production getting spread out a little bit more. So I like the calls there on Gallup and Cooks. Yep. And, um, you know, I think also it's notable too that we've seen Prescott be able to start to put things a little bit uh, together to some more extent. We actually had a question on one of the uh, start shit, start sit shows a while back. Where's the dump button, man? Yeah, yeah. This is PG. Which was about Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson going forward rest yeah. of the season. I yeah. said at the time Dak Prescott and I was starting to get a little bit worried, but uh, you know, teams on, I would say different trajectories right now. All right, Dave. Well, thank, thanks for uh, once again, you know, I had no idea actually that you had traded or claimed Brandon Cooks off waivers. But, you know, again, we really developed a like mind over the past couple of years doing all of these shows together. And uh, yeah, so hopefully 
Um, those of you listening will be able to stream those points on the correct week from Cooks and Gallup. I mean, there are all different types of ways that you can try to survive this month. You can go trade for some of these players that have great schedules. You can start them with a higher level of confidence. Um, or, you know, maybe you get in the tool and you see different teams than we see. You, you know, maybe you just need to win the next two weeks. You can adjust the sliders and look for those great matchups in whatever sample you want. You can look rest of season. Um, you can do it, you know, even at the tight end position. We didn't talk about tight ends today, um, but we got to leave some of the research for you guys to do, right? <laughs> and I do have one other wide receiver situation that I did break down in my article. I'm going to make you go to the site to read that because this is complimentary content, folks. So you can go on to rotaviz.com, check out my weekly Dynasty Command Center article and figure out for yourself at the end of the article, the third offense that I selected as an interesting uh, potential dynasty mover and shaker type offense over the month of uh, November. I will give you a clue. They reside in the NFC South, but you will have to do more research on your own. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dynasty Command Center. We'll be back next week. Uh, best of luck in your matchups this weekend and wins to all of you.